On this week's episode of High Fives with Blake and Eric, we delve into our video game collection and come up with our top five video games of this last generation. Press start. All right, so how should we start the show? Um, I don't know. Like we always, it's been a while. It has been um, a while. It's been a while. But we're back uh, now. We are back. Hey. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I've been good. What have you been doing? I've been working. I've been playing baseball. I shot a movie. A short. Shot a movie. Well, a short film, not like. Did you Did you kill it? Yes, I shot it in the face. Oof. It's okay, cause I I don't know the the was the did you see a body? Cause if you didn't see a body, they're probably gonna come back in the sequel. Uh, there were there were four bodies, but they I don't think they died. Oh, this metaphor is getting out of hand. I don't appreciate. I kind of is. I can't. We keep can move going. on. We can move on. So, um, hey, we took a bit of a break there. A bit um, of a break. Yes. A bit of a break. <laughs> Um, Carlson had to, uh, raise a child, but he's done with that now. Yep. So we're, uh, (laughs) she's on her own. (laughs) Yeah. I think, well, like six months and you're good. Yeah. She's six months old. Jesus. Yeah. Not going to baby her her whole (laughs) life. I'm not raising one of those spoiled brat kids who, you know, needs their parents around all the time. Just boot her out the door, tell her to get a job. She, she She, has, she she can, she can stay she can stay living with you, but she has to pay rent. I was just about to say that she, yeah. I'm going to start charging rent here. But no, I'm telling her to change her own diapers, fill her own bottles. <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing that. Then doing the movie was kind of a chore, but that's all shot now. It's being edited. Um, Yeah. But, Did you get paid for that at all, or was it strictly like a pro bono affair? No, no, I paid money into that. Okay. So gotta gotta spend money to make money, you know. Well, it's it it was just uh, it's a story that I wrote, so it was like. So it's not going to be good, is what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's rough. Yeah. That's rough when you have to do your own stuff. It's tough. It is because it's like I wrote it and I was like, huh, this is pretty good. And then I showed it to other people and like, hey, this is good. And then as soon as it was time to shoot, I was like, none of this is good. <laughs> so how do you think the how do you think it turned out? It's like completely edited and everything already. No, it's not edited you know? at all. No, it's being edited. I there's an editor that I don't know that our producer found, but I haven't seen I don't, the first. I don't cut trust yet. him. The the editor. Or the producer. Yeah. The, the whole thing just seems <laughs> sketchy to me. <laughs> first of all, they let you write it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first red flag, sir. <laughs> it's, it's basically a group of people in the Twin Cities who like making movies. So we all get together like twice a year. And like somebody writes a movie. And because I wrote it, I got to direct it. And then somebody, you know, everybody kind of switches around jobs so they can kind of get experience doing all sorts of different kinds of things. But the idea with this short film is to see if everybody if everybody likes it and then try to maybe I've got like a script half written 
for a 22-minute pilot Ooh. for it, and then see if I can get that made. And then if that gets made, I'm going to try to get an agent and try to submit it to some places. So. Ooh, that's pretty ambitious, sir. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't imagine that's all going to happen, but you know, I got to oh. start learning how to take those steps somehow. You yeah. know, so even if it's not just, right away, yeah. I mean, it starts off with getting this, getting a short film made, and then the next step is to try to maybe find a way to get the full pilot shot. Right on. Or just show the script and uh, the short to uh, an agent and see if they can start. Submitting it based on that. I don't know. I believe you told me once that typically you sell your first idea or like your first few ideas before you're actually hired to create something yourself. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So. Well, maybe. Hopefully this is just the start of of our climb to the top of the Hollywood mountain hour like i have no oh this podcast if i go somewhere this podcast is coming with me i guess that's true i can ride your coattails for a while but yeah so i've been taking care of that and playing baseball and taking care of a kid uh but yeah what have you been up to how how did that internship come because i've been feeling uh tweets from guys from the nashcast podcast I'm wondering if you got that internship. Oh, uh, the Game Informer internship? No, I did not get that. I got some sort of form letter um, informing me that my services were not required. Oh, well, at least they responded. That's more than yeah. I got from most of the places I applied for. Yeah, it was nice. Then I got, um, that didn't work out. But well, lucky enough. That sucks. Well, that sucks. That's too bad, man. Yeah, but I am uh, kind of landed on my feet. Uh, I'm actually writing for a website called geekparty.com. Geekparty.com. Yeah, and I've uh, been submitting. I think I've submitted only 15 articles in the last few months. Like, it's not a lot. Um. You know, but those are 15 articles that are published and people can read and comment on, but nobody ever, ever does. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll put the link on this episode to the website. But the one thing I've noticed about that website is it's really hard to navigate through like the old archives. Like I can't find where to like go through old articles. Do you know where to go? (laughs) Not really. Mm. <laughs> I could look into it. Um, but uh, I did kind of a big moment for me with that was I wrote this article after E3 that was, you know, at E3, they kind of revealed uh, dead, not dead. I always want to say dead space. And then, then I want to say dead rising, but both of those are wrong. Dead Island. It's a uh, dead Island two uh, came electric out. boogaloo. I don't think that's the official subtitle, but, Undead They're Boogaloo? With it. There you go. <laughs> Dead Island 2, Undead Boogaloo. I Somebody support. should make that. Trademarked, by the way. I don't think we can trademark <laughs> the idea for the title of a sequel of a game we know own none we of the rights did. to. We oh. just, all you got to do is say trademark, and then it's 
solid. It's legal. Airtight. Well, it's it's recorded now, so yeah. Yeah. Then we just need to mail this podcast to ourselves, and everything is solid. Yeah. So, anyway. Look, Activision Act- can't sue us now. <laughs> no. Activision isn't much for suing anyway, I don't think. Oh. Well, good. Um, That's even better for us then. Well, anyway, like I was saying, sir. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I wrote I wrote this article about uh, the reveal trailer of Dead Space. Not see, I did it again. Dead, Dead Island, Island Two, um, where I spoke of how it's like um, the tone of that. Uh, cinematic trailer was far different than the trailer for the first Dead Island game. If you remember what that one was, I do. You it do. was, it was the uh, reverse slow motion, like daughter. Uh, yeah, daughter bit, family. Bitten, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Look it up if you guys haven't seen it yet, because it's probably one of the best uh, video game trailers to ever be created. Weirdly enough, it really had nothing to do with the tone of the video game itself. Yeah. Yeah, if the game had been half as good as that trailer was, it would be like the best game in the last few years. The game was all right. We both played through it, and it was okay. It was okay. I think the longer we played of it, the more the... um the more their we its weaknesses started to to show i guess anyway i got uh distracted again from the point i was trying to make so i wrote this article talking about the tonal differences between the uh cinematic trailer for the first two dead island games that's dead island and dead island riptide and i compared those two trailers with the tone of the dead island 2 trailer which was more wacky and crazy kind of fun in the sun zombie apocalypse in california and i spoke on you know just the tonal differences of those three video games and they actually got like over eighteen thousand views like unique views i think which was the sixth highest of in that website's history wow which, nice which is pretty cool you know I think so. Yeah, that's definitely cool. Nothing, don't, nothing to turn Don't be your so modest. Anyway. Don't be so falsely modest, because we know you're full of shit when you're being modest. <laughs> I don't, you, did you have you caught on to that? I I've I've known you for long enough. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm kind of the greatest thing of all time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. My fiance agrees. <laughs> Speaking of fiance, yes. Um. You. People out there don't know, but uh, you're getting married. I mean, well, I guess they know if you've got a fiance. But yeah, and we—I've mentioned her on quite a few different podcasts, but episodes of this—not different podcasts. I'm only on two, but whatever. Yeah. But you're getting married in September. I am. It's like a month away. Going so, to Las Vegas. It's gonna yeah. be pretty fun. You should come along. Okay, I will. All right, but. Because your wedding is coming up, and I'm going to be your best man, mm-hmm. we have to plan your bachelor party, and... That is a must, yes. Yes. So, we set the date for the bachelor party, which is the end of this month, but we we gotta decide what, what we're gonna do. Yeah. So, what's the plan? I sent you some ideas earlier, and, uh, yeah, so what what, what are you thinking? 
Um, well, I liked your idea of all of us getting together and playing video games. Natch. During the day, yes. Because, you know, what video games those are going to be, who knows? Probably a lot of Halo. Though I'm not really great at Halo, but that's kind of the only game that comes to mind when you're talking about competitive video games. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring a TV and my Xbox, and I suggest you do the same, and we'll meet down there sometime in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Um, and then, then a- well, first of all, who, then, who's go- yeah. who else is going to be there? It's going to be you and me. Yeah. Duh. Then, yeah, then I'm thinking, you know, the Slater brothers, Steven and Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking Eric Bergstrom. Eric Bergstrom, okay. And Andy Socek, the guys that you do your other podcast with. Those are the friends who do the wrestling together. Yes. Then I was thinking we could maybe invite Eric Vogelai with. Okay. Along. Now, I I know know, you had some hesitation about that. Yeah, because, you know, he's, he's an okay guy. Both you and Andy... Slater know him like yeah I think you both played music with him I don't know I always feel like he's like he's a cool guy but he's very loud and he seems like I don't know if he does this on purpose but he seems to always want to tries to be the center of attention I don't know and you, so, it's your party so you want to be the center party, of attention okay. it's, not, it's not even that that I want to be <laughs> the center of attention it's just I uh, I don't know it's like, I just don't want him to be, I guess. <laughs> Anybody but him. Yeah, so, you know what? No, I'm making the... It's my damn party. I'm making the judgment call. He is not coming. Okay. Okay, so it's down to just it. the, the five just of us. Just don't then. even invite him. You know what? No. Invite him and then wait like <laughs> wait like a week and then go back and be like, you know what? No. Blake says no. You're not invited. Suck on that, Eric Vocali. <laughs> All right, so, you know so he's no, out. You know what? So now it's going to be you and me, it, you and me, and then Eric and Andy, and then Andy and Steve, no, the Slater brothers. Now, now that I, I'm thinking about it, screw Andy Slater, because he's he's kind of doing it, going through his own little uh, personal thing, and he's going to be all sad and whatever the whole time. You know, forget him. Okay, okay, okay. So down to four then. So just you and me, the other podcast guys, and then Steve. You know, Steve, don't even bother, I guess, inviting Steve because he's such a flake anyway. You know, he he would say that he's going to come and we would plan on him being there. We would, you know, buy food for him and everything. And then he'll call up and be like, oh, I can't make it today because I'm a jerk. So forget Steve. Don't invite Steve. Oh, okay. So it's okay. I guess it's just the four of us then. Just you and me and the other two podcast guys, Eric and Andy. You know, yeah, now so. that I th- no, now that I think about it, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> don't even bother inviting Socek or Bergstrom because you know they're fun to talk about wrestling with, but they're just kind of real dicks. You know, I just got done yelling at Slater because he was yelling at me about kind of wanting to see the new Ninja Turtle movie, though I said it was go- probably going to be bad. Socek, Socek, yeah. I was talking to Socek about the new Ninja Turtle movie. And he was getting all on me about saying I wanted to see it, even though I, I, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be awful. But it's Ninja Turtles, and I feel like it's my obligation to go see it. 
So, you know, forget him. And Bergstrom is kind of always sort of... Enabling. He, he enables the guy. Not only enables <laughs> the guy. Have you tried to talk to him on the internet? Like, I post things on Facebook, try and be clever, or just, like, little funny things for my friends to read and get a chuckle out of. And all the time, he's always up in my business trying to ruin it. Yep, forget Sick it. Sick of that. Sick of that. He's gone. All right, just the two of us. We're going to party. We're going to party hard. You know. What? Not, I don't know who this Carlson guy <laughs> thinks he is. <laughs> but he's been riding my coattails for who knows how long. Just scratch his name out. I'm Fuck him. He's, he's gone. Just, Fuck him. Just, he's not worth it. Just, just a party of one. Just rocking it. <laughs> Me alone in a room, eating too much, getting drunk, playing video games. That's the party I want. That's the party I get. All right. Well, I hope you have a good time. <laughs> uh. You know, <laughs> I, I've never been a big fan of that Blake guy either. So just scratch the whole thing. I'm still booking it, but there's going to be nobody that shows up to any it, of it. I want to make a reservation for zero, please. <laughs> no, no, no. I want the reservation. I need to have a record of it, but I want. No, but nobody will be there, so nobody, nobody's going to show up. If I come there later and see people sitting at that damn table, there will be hell to pay. You don't have to set it or anything. I want the table empty. <laughs> I want it I set for want, zero. <laughs> I don't even want salt and pepper shakers on that table. Just clear the thing off. <laughs> Yes. That sounds like a plan. Party is zero. All right, Mr. Style. What do you say we get into the high fives? We should, because this is going nowhere. <laughs> nowhere fast. All right. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll be jumping into the top five games of the last generation. Or for top me, five. it's just the top five games of the 360, because I was broke and couldn't afford other systems. So, so stick around. Broke. Need for Speed Underground 2? Can we have some now, Mommy? You ruined your dinner. You can't eat them, Mom. Or can you? Oh. <laughs> Rated E to T. What, you said we couldn't use li uh, licensed music? No, not licensed music. Yeah, yeah. Licensed music. Licensed music? music? Yeah. Well, you said we couldn't use that, so this is what we're left with. I think everybody can appreciate that. <laughs> I think that's what everybody's been waiting to hear, was you uh, doing mouth guitar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. All right, let's cut the shenanigans here. Let's get down to business. Brass tacks and all that. Um, okay. So, all right. Wait, so what do you got? Well, Let's do it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Woo! All right, Let's well, my, my number five. Back a little bit. Okay. <laughs> my number five is, uh, I'm, I'm kind of cheating here, but I figure I can kind of get away with it. So the answer, the, my number five is Portal, both Portal and Portal 2. 
which I count as one game because the first one is sh so short. Hello, investors. Dave Johnson here. Now, I know you've sunk a lot of money into the dual portal device, but I'm here to tell you we're not banging rocks together over here. We know how to make a quantum space hole. Carolyn? See? Portal here, portal there. <laughs> Look at this thing go. Now, we have run into a reproducible human error problem. A lot of expensive equipment getting broken. But don't worry, Cave took care of it. Gentlemen, I give you the long fall boot. Think of it as a foot-based suit of armor for the portal device. I'm not gonna lie to you, it's expensive as hell. But check this out. We told this test subject to just go ahead and try to land on our head. <laughs> she can't do it. Good work, Boots. So anyway, we're between banks right now. Just make those checks out to cash. Cave Johnson, we're done here. That is cheating, you mother... You did not clear that with me beforehand. Well, wait, wait, tough. No, you, no, you did. All right, yeah. never mind. Carry <laughs> on. Okay, but yeah, I mean, it's... The whole game, like, the writing in it is superb. Um, it's like a new mechanic, something that we hadn't seen before. It's... Uh, like the storyline is really good. It's got J.K. Simmons's voice in it. What's not to love? The songs in it are awesome. I thought you were gonna start to be accusatory to me. Like, what's not to like about it? The songs? You got a problem with the <laughs> songs, Blake? Yeah. What? You don't like the character? What? Because she's a woman? Why don't you like? Why don't you like women characters in your video games? You sexist asshole. Hey now. Sorry. Reasons I refuse to play as women in video games are my own, sir. <laughs> Just because I have a problem with all women doesn't make me a sexist. <laughs> all right, anything else? Reasons why you love this game? Is it because of Wheatley? Do you love it because of Wheatley? I like it because of Wheatley. I don't love it because of Wheatley. I love mm -hmm. it because of uh, Jonathan Colton, the guy that wrote the songs at the end of both games. Yes. Because I thought the whole first game... Well, the first game was such a big surprise to me because I was not expecting Portal to be anything. I bought it. I bought the, like, the orange box for Half-Life 2, and then Portal was the game that I played most on that. Mm -hmm. And then like the song at the end was like an even bigger surprise for me. And then... So then I was just... I was hooked. So now if they ever release more Portals, I'll be totally on board. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, those songs, like, and the, the song at the end of Portal 2, while I can't remember any of it, because it's been years since I played it, um, that had to be rough, because the first song is so well-loved across the internet that, it, you know, it's hard to follow that up with. But I think they did a very commendable job, and it wasn't bad. It's not like if you compared it to the first song, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this... They kind of phoned it in with this song, or yeah, they tried too hard. No, it's a no, it's really it was, good. Yeah, do you it remember at all what it was? Yeah, that was uh, "Want You Gone." It was okay, uh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. And I'm sure people will have heard at least one of those songs just a few seconds ago. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I thought it was just like such a surprise at how good it was when I was not expecting it at all. I bought the orange box for like super cheap too, like way after it had already come out. Yeah, it was on clearance at Toys R Us. I was with you when you bought it. I think got it for two bucks. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably the best value of video game I've I ever was, gotten in my life. 
I was so jealous because I had paid $20 for it months earlier and thought I had gotten a really good deal. Yeah, and you didn't even know about Portal, if I remember correctly. Right, I, I also got it for Half-Life 2, and I haven't even played that game all the way through yet, but I played <laughs> Portal. Yeah, but it, it got to the point where I could beat Portal in like 20 minutes, I think. And then the, when I finally heard that the second one was coming out, I was so super excited, and the writing in it was just so well done you could get the whole story and they didn't like have any cutscenes really except for the one at the beginning at the, and then at the end and yeah it was just a really well made game those guys at Valve know what they're doing I won't go that far oh really you don't think yeah. Valve is doing very well I, I don't think <laughs> that there's a big fan base for Valve <laughs> you know I don't think people on the internet would get all go all up in arms about somebody ripping on Valve because I don't think they take it too seriously. Or yeah, I don't think they have a fandom that borders on religious zealotry. No. No. <laughs> nah. Nah. But yeah, that's my number five is Portal. And just Portal. So Yeah. I uh, Quick note about Portal 2. Really love the character development that goes on, you know, not with Shell, not the main character, because nothing happens with her, but with Wheatley and um, Glados, yeah, and uh, like the Wheat whole backstory with like the whole science, like company, how like you see him, you see you fall down the, the tunnel and you see, like where the company started and then where it started to go wrong and then how it actually became what it is and right. And uh, the whole Cave Johnson yeah. character, you know, just, just great. It's great. Yeah, that's why it's in my top five, Blake. I know. I'm just going to take a second think about how great it was. No, don't take wow. a second to do that. Just, just wow. give us your number five. Okay, my number five um, is actually a PlayStation 3 game. Dun, dun, dun. And it's I... Uncharted 2. Dear PlayStation, I've been playing Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, but my girlfriend won't stop watching because she thinks it's a movie. This is pretty common, Jason. I mean, just look at this game. You know, you got Nathan Drake's epic gunfights, impossible escape scenes, and a plotline filled with betrayal. Give her an hour or so, she'll know it's a video game. It's been two days. Ready, honey? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to file this under not an issue. Uncharted 2, Among Thieves, rated T for Teen. PS3, now $2.99. And why does that make your list? Oh, because it's, it's a good game. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we don't really need to say much else about it then. <laughs> well, since you asked. <laughs> um, you know, in sort of the same way that Portal has great characters. I would say that Uncharted 2 also has great characters, uh, especially the main protagonist. Indiana Nathan Jones? Drake. No, not Indiana Jones, you jerk. <laughs> Nathan Drake is, uh, you know, he's a cool, charismatic uh, main, ca main character or protagonist mm -hmm. to get into literary terms. Okay, he's a cool protagonist. And what does he do? He 
does Indiana Jones stuff. Okay, well, I guess that, <laughs> that clears it up. <laughs> Mine is the whip, okay? Oh, yeah. With he no whip, he's not, not Indiana Jones. No whip, That's right. no whip or hat. No whip, no way. That's what I always say. <laughs> uh, and, like, the supporting cast is really good. You know, you have um, his older mentor, Sully, um, his on-again, off-again uh, romance with with uh i'm spacing on her name i want to say ellie yeah i think that's his nickname for but um and aside from the characters it's just has a lot of great sort of set piece moments particularly uh how the game opens when you are kind of unconscious on a train which is hanging off a cliff and you have to climb up the train and it's just a great moment to to start out the adventure, and it just kind of um, from there kind of flashes back and kind of leads up to that to that one moment. But um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the the mechanics behind it are solid. Um, unfortunate that the third one didn't live up to the second one, but I think if you kind of look at trilogies, it's weird how. Um, the second one is usually the better, the best of the three. It, it 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 doesn't always work out that way, but I think that there's something to that theory. What yeah, did you was... think of Uncharted Two? Um, I thought the exact same thing you thought of it. Yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, the, what you were saying about the sequel, the second one always being better than the third one. It seems like that because. Like, the first one, they've always got to do the origin story or something, you know, especially with movies, I guess. But it seems like they've got to kind of get you into the story and do a lot of exposition telling you what's going on. And then in the second one, they can kind of, like, really improve on that and go, like, all right, here's the action. Here's the fun parts. Here's the stuff that you loved from the the first one. But now there's more of it. Right from the go, too. They don't need to mess with all of that origin stuff. But then in the third one, what can they do? It's like they've they've worked out all the problems from the first one into the second one. So they can either give you the same game, which is going to be disappointing, or they can try to make it crazy high stakes, which can really be disappointing. Or they can like go in a different direction with the third one, which is going to be disappointing. Like There's no way after a successful sequel that the third one's really going to be going to live up to the hype that it's going to get. Yes, it's really a fine line between uh, making the game people remember and also... Um, Not making exp- the same game. Yeah, and also sort of expanding on those ideas and concepts and gameplay and whatnot. Exactly. Right. Is there anything All else right, you want to your... say about this no, game? No, no, we can, we can move on. Um, it's been years since I played it, so I'll probably... I've probably said so many things that are from like uncharted 3 and uncharted 1 i don't know let's get <laughs> out of here before i make a fool of myself all right well my number 4 is assassin's creed 2 there are certain moments a man never forgets his first kiss his first duel but most of all the moment he first discovers his purpose in life. I am proud to pronounce you guilty. That moment happened 30 years 
And it's kind of the same thing that we were talking about with uh, Uncharted 2, is in that it was a sequel, so it was better than the first one. Um, but I think like the Assassin's Creed franchise really like ran itself into the ground after the second one, with you know sticking with the same character for another two games for almost no reason really. I don't I didn't think, but I really liked the second one. It made a lot of improvements over the first game, and then like it had this really cool character that was like had personality and like had family that you cared about and all that kind of stuff, and it was also had the same character from the first game, so it was, like, familiarity and, like, difference in the same same note. So that's why I like that one so much. Yeah, the, the, the interesting thing about Assassin's Creed is that the first one, while it's a... It's, it's fun to mess around with, but it's not... It's kind of a shadow of what the, the series eventually um, became, especially with... Uh, number two, like you were speaking. And t- to me, it's the first one in and of itself is sort of a proof of concept to what uh, they wanted the, the the series to actually become. Like, uh, if you remember, the first one was basically with each mission he did, like the same, like, I don't know if you want to call them side missions or submissions yeah. or whatever, but you like, you gathered information by like eavesdropping, uh, like, I don't know if you trailed anybody. No, you followed people in the alleys, I think, and then beat them up. And then they sort of squealed on somebody. Mm-hmm. And then from when you, once you got all those uh, that information, you went and you you know assassinated your target. Aside from that, though, there was over two hundred flags to collect. So, <laughs> so you, you know, were the, busy. You were busy. Yeah, you were busy. And there were there were Templars to kill. Yeah, yeah, they did have those scattered around. Um, but yeah, they took uh, what worked in that game, which was you know the assass- air assassinating, the assassinating in general, and sort of the traversal system. They put that in Assassin's Creed 2, sort of tightened up the gameplay, um, kind of put in more varied uh, side missions for you to do. Um, still, you did sort of a fair amount of collecting, not 200 flags worth of collecting i think you had like a hundred feathers to find but like Um, in the in the second one like you could find where they were like they'd put them on the map for you in the first one it was just like you're gonna just keep walking around until you come across one would they put them on the map maybe they would i don't i I can't i don't i never got it on my map maybe i I didn't do something right yeah i collect i went i got all the feathers in the second one i think i used the computer like a walkthrough to show me where they were on the map and then i went and found them i don't know if they put the like they eventually started putting collectibles on the map um in maybe, later games oh, but maybe, i don't yeah, know if they did for later. two yeah that's true but um, yeah i but just i think you're right what, about the the proof of concept is was the first one going back to what you said about sticking with the character for two more entries where as far as revelations go at that game wasn't the greatest, but I am a strong defender of Brotherhood. I don't know if you've played Brotherhood before or not, but I th- I still think how they put in the whole um, building a Brotherhood system and using that in battle, I thought that was um, a strong addition to the game that kind of stuck around. Yeah. I think it disappeared in Assassin's Creed 4, but um, I still think Brotherhood is a solid entry in the franchise. Revelations yeah. in Assassin's Creed 3 kind of more subpar and lacking, I don't know. 
But I, plus, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, like, I don't think that the plot of the second one really mattered a whole lot in the, All right. the full arc of the story. And plus, they, Brotherhood is the one where they killed Lucy. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Was it, or was that at the end of the number two? Was it Brotherhood? I think it was Oh, right, yep, yeah. yep, because I remember you kill Lucy, and that sends you sort of into a catatonic state, and then they hook yeah. you up to the Animus to put your consciousness in the machine so you don't die. And then that's kind of how Revelations is yeah. comes about. Yep. Yeah. I'm still upset about that. I know you're upset about that. It makes sense in the story, but I think it's because they either did not want to pay the um, Kristen what's her Bell. Name? Yeah, they did, either did not want to pay Kristen Bell again, or she wanted to move on. I would I would assume it was they got rid of her because of one of those reasons. I, I assume that she had like a three game like contract because that was their three game arc story, and then they slipped those other two games in All right, later. Yeah. So I assume that's the reason why it happened that way. She had to go build a snowman. Ah. So, yeah, that was my number four. she was in that movie. Was she? I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know. You haven't seen Frozen? Come on. No, I still haven't seen Finding Nemo. What kind of father are you? My daughter is six six months old. She won't remember. She would love Frozen. She won't comprehend what's happening. (laughs) So says you. Yeah. But anyway, that's my number four. That's my number four. What's your number four? My number four is Bioshock. That's another game that I haven't played. So come on, man. What's this about? I'm sorry. Um. Well, well. First, I had a hard time deciding whether I wanted to put Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite on this list because big fan of both. But I decided to go with the first entry because I, I liked the setting more. Whereas, if you don't know, uh, Bioshock takes place in Rapture, which is a city that's built on the bottom of the ocean. Um. And so, like. All the environments are sort of um, kind of, and it's it's takes place when the city's sort of kind of falling apart. So like the lights don't work. Um, there's water uh, rushing into the facility and into all the buildings and stuff. So and it's and all of the um, inhabitants that are left and that haven't been killed off or I don't know if they evacuated or what. But uh, all of them that are left, they're slowly going insane because um, they're they're splicing, which is kind of injecting um, this genetic altering material into their body, and that kind of gives them superpowers. Uh, so, like, it's a very sort of it kind of have kind of has a 
survival horror, maybe not survival, but a horror kind of aspect to it where like they, they kind of do a few jump scares here and there. And it kind of has sort of an eerie um, tone uh, surrounding basically everything you do. And also I think uh, it's most well known for sort of this pretty badass um, plot twist that takes place sort of three fourths of the way through the game. Um, where I don't want to spoil it because you should play it unless you've already seen what that I haven't, I haven't heard of this. You haven't, you should go play that game. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot, but I've got yeah. a kid. It's harder to play video games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that, but <laughs> it should be super cheap right now and you can't be spending a lot of money on video games anyway. Good point. It's a good point, sir. Um, and I, or I guess I could just let you borrow it. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's even cheaper. But if anything happens to it, so help me, God. <laughs> so help me. So help me. Uh, and uh, quick yeah, note I, about... I, I do remember watching you play for a little bit, and it seemed kind of to have that creepy, eerie type vibe. Like yeah. I remember like a scientist talking to you while you were walking through it, and it was like, ugh, this is weirding me out right. just watching and, you play. Yeah, it gets really weird with, like I said, the characters are going crazy. It's like there's this uh, doctor slash plastic surgeon who becomes obsessed with sort of creating artwork. And so, like, he performs surgery on people that that are already, you know, unconscious and on the table. And he starts, there's this one sort of disturbing um, audio log where he's talking like the nurse says all right doctor we we're finished you know so we're up and he goes well let's just keep cutting here and he keeps like just cutting the patient up and it's kind of yeah it's something you should experience (laughs) okay good to know and this is uh, can't wait to play this one (laughs) oh suck it up um (laughs) And this is the reason why uh, Bioshock Infinite didn't make this list because not only you know Infinite un- instead of underwater the city is you know hanging in the clouds, um, suspended by balloons and science. I guess it's complicated. Uh, but um, as cool and as beautiful as the game looks, it just it isn't the same as you know the underwater environment of the first game. Um, and it also completely lacks that creepy vibe where where Rapture was already sort of, you know, destroyed and falling apart. The, uh, Infinite kind of tells the story of how Columbia, the city that, that's in that game, uh, how Columbia is starting to fall apart. And so it doesn't, it kind of gets weird kind of towards the end, but it doesn't come close to the uh, the atmosphere of the first game. Gotcha. And before and before we move on, I just want to say that the second game, Bioshock 2, is not as bad as people say it is. Like, <laughs> I played through the game. It is a lot of fun. People just need to suck it up. Why do they say the second one is bad? I don't know. People are dumb. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's because like they get hung up over the fact that you know, big daddies are sort of this iconic boss from the first game that are sort of super fast, super big, super powerful. And so they're like, you play as a big daddy in the second game, but then you're just a, a normal guy 
and yeah people are upset about that and also there's a multiplayer like competitive multiplayer mode that's completely tacked on and it's just awful but don't play it just don't (laughs) play it fair enough all right well should we move on to my number three we should indeed all right well my number three is fight night round three he's got to make something happen Rated T for Team EA Sports. It's in the game. See, what's interesting about this is it's like one of the first games. I think it's the no, I think the first game I played was Kameo on the 360. But this is one of the first games. Yeah, and and that's why it, it's not makes my list because this is the this was the game that like sold me on the 360. I looked right, at this yeah. and I was like, this is photorealistic. This is amazing in-game graphics. Like I I remember when we you and I went to a, a store and played a demo on the PlayStation 2 of like a snowboarding game on the PlayStation 2 and we were like wow how can they possibly improve <laughs> graphics better than this the PlayStation 2 is the pinnacle of video games it and then is. and then we when when the trailer came out for Fight Night Round 3 I was just like it blew me away so and I you could get like make your own boxer in there and like it was a fun game. It was it was a lot more fun. Fight Night Round Four was a lot harder to like box with. I felt like so. I felt like that one really hit the sweet spot in gameplay and the graphics were awesome. And yeah, I just think that it really it sold me on my Xbox. So it's got to be the list. I think it had a total of six achievements. Yeah, for a quick thousand. Um, uh, the Burger King was in there. That's right. That's right. You get him as a manager. Um, yeah, I remember, you know, you always want that game that sort of is kind of proof of, I say proof of concept again, cause I'm a smarty, um, <laughs> that kind of proves to you why you need the next gen consoles. And, uh, I think the Xbox one and PlayStation four haven't really had those, that game yet. But this was definitely one for the 360 that kind of showed you why you needed the new system. Yep. And I can remember bringing my 360 over to Andy Slater's place and uh, starting up a match. And he's and he was like, "So when are you gonna start playing?" And I'm like, "I what are you talking about? I'm playing right now." And he goes, "Oh, I thought this was like an intro video, like a pre-rendered cutscene." Like, nope, this is the game. And he's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. That's exactly why it makes my list because that it it I everybody I knew was like blown away by how good the graphics were. And it was a really fun game to play. It's fun to box in that game. So mm-hmm. that's my number three. And, and I get what you said about the was it round four next or was it that like champion? I there think was... it, I think it was round four. And then okay. the next yeah, one. Yeah, because be I remember one. borrowing you the borrowing the next one from you. And um, or was it loaning from you? No, you were, you borrow it from. Yeah, I, you loan it to me. I borrow. Yeah, yeah. I always get the I always get that mixed up. And then even when I get it right, I double. double yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will get it wrong from now on till the end of time. Anyway, so I I 
I borrowed it from you, and I think I tried playing one or two matches, and yeah, it was just where the first one was sort of fun. You just got in there, you just threw punches, and you usually got a good grasp on the mechanics, and you could win. The fourth one just they made it too technical. Like I didn't didn't want to invest the time into learning all the new intricacies of the controls. Yeah, it got it, too intricate. Like because like the joysticks on a controller aren't that uh, accurate, where or at least not when I'm playing. I can't be that accurate with my controls that I can always get the exact motion I want. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, yeah, that's my number three. Uh, it's a good number three, sir. Thanks. What's your number three? I own that game. Uh, my number three is Batman Arkham City. Relax, everybody. I'm here. Batman! What's up, babe? Babe! What? Oh, sorry. Batman. This is Emmett. Emmett, this is my boyfriend. Batman. I'm Batman. That's your boyfriend? <laughs> hey, babe. What? Let's hold hands. So, uh... Hey, guys. I think we're about to crash into the sun. Yeah, but it's gonna look really cool. Nice. Arkham City. Ah. So, why is Arkham City your number three? Well, you know, the Arkham games... Uh, hmm, has, you know what? That's a good question. They suck. <laughs> no, it was, you know, Arkham Asylum first came out. People were really skeptical about whether it was going to be a good game. Because until this point, the quality of Batman games had been very shoddy. You know, there were a couple good sort of side scrolling beat em ups, but I think for the most part, everyone had kind of given up on the idea of having a good Batman game. Truth. Then Arkham Asylum came out, and it kind of did sort of the, uh, I, I, I hate this word, but there is no other word to describe it, sort of that Metrovania, uh, Metroidvania kind of game where you um, kind of get abilities and skills and tools while you play the game that sort of unlock other areas of the map. And, and it was kind of open world too. Like you didn't yeah. have to do certain things at a certain time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you could go. You know, you would. You know, you go to the asylum, which is was like three or four or five different buildings, and um, <clears throat> which were kind of like levels. Um, and you you'd go through one, and you would always notice some parts of the building that were locked off. Yep. And then you'd you'd go and you'd. You know, a lot of times there was sort of a boss fight at the end of it, like in most games, uh, at the end of a level. Um, and then when, when when you got out of there, you went to a new area, and you probably picked up another gadget along the way. Then you go to um, go back to other areas you've been in to unlock other areas, which kind of just led to other collectibles. But it was still it's still fun. It's it's a sign you have a good game when the collectibles are fun to get. And it's not a slog, say, sort of in what Assassin's Creed usually turns out to be. Like, Assassin's Creed doesn't usually um, make you want to collect those items. Because I think in Batman, every collectible sort of 
kind of gave you experience and you can use that experience to unlock new skills where I think Assassin's Creed was always you have everything at your disposal right away. Yeah. To a point. Yeah. Um, so Arkham Asylum was a very solid game. Then it goes to Arkham City, which is was the sequel, obviously. Um, and, and it just sort of took everything that was great from the first one and kind of turned it up to 11. Like everything was improved upon. Um, the area of the... Um, uh, environment the the city uh, was a lot bigger because instead of sort of being stuck on this little island that Arkham Asylum was on, it was just sort of this quarantined area of Gotham that you got to run around in. Yep. And so they and, could do kind of the history of the city while you were there. Right. And and one thing that sort of um, pop, uh, got my attention right away was. In Arkham Asylum, sort of half of the area was sort of cut off. And so there was always sort of a loading screen when you went from one island, one side of the island to the other. Arkham City, the only loading that happened is when you went inside of a building. Mm-hmm. You know, you could uh, glide across the entire entirety of the map without hitting a load screen, which is was amazing when you consider how detailed and how vast that environment actually was. And, um, but you could have the biggest environment in the world, but that won't mean anything unless the gameplay, you know, was good. Exactly. And, and, um, I can honestly say that Arkham city has some of the, my favorite gameplay um, from this last generation. Again, otherwise I wouldn't have made this list. Uh, the combat was so well done that pretty much every action game that came out after it has had aped it in some way. Even, again, Assassin's Creed 3 had taken the cues of from Arkham City's sort of counter-attack um, combat system. Uh, and like other games did it, like Sleeping Dogs did, and none of them ever did it as well as Arkham City did. I don't know what it is, but they're just, it was so crisp, and the combat was so tight, and when you hit counter, you could pretty much guarantee that it was going to register, and it was going to acknowledge that you hit the counter button. If you screwed up, it was on you, not the game. Yep. Which is always a good thing because there's nothing more frustrating than hitting a button and it not registering and you losing because that's not your fault. It's just the game for whatever reason screwed up and it cost you um, in one way or another. You, you probably died. Whatever. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool that you died. It's not a big deal. But, and but it's frustrating. Again, and uh, what the other aspect of the of Batman Arkham City that sort of uh, put it over the top for me was, you know, Batman has one of the most famous rogues gallery in comic book history. Like, there's just so many different unique characters in that universe, and I think they're very well represented in these games. And even even the characters that aren't in the game physically, like you still see certain nods and Easter eggs too, mm-hmm. and it's it just gave you that aspect alone just gave you a reason to sort of make sure you saw every nook nook and cranny 
of that game. And, you know, you just couldn't help but spend hours and hours and hours in Gotham. And I'm super pumped for Arkham Knight to come out next year. Agreed. And the writing was really great in it. Right, and, right. And uh, Mark Hamill's uh, swan song as the Joker. Mm-hmm. They killed him off. Spoilers. <laughs> the Joker died. Or did he? I'm pretty sure he did. Or did he? If, you know, I honestly would not be surprised if he did somehow come back in the f- fourth Technically, the fourth game. Yeah. Because Arkham City, or going back to Arkham Asylum, it was always about the Joker. Like, you knew from the get-go that the villain was the Joker. In Arkham City, leading up to the the release of the game when you actually got the controller in your hands, marketing told you that Doctor Strange was the main antagonist. But once you played the game, you saw it was the Joker. And sort of Clayface because he was the final boss. But, you know, <coughs> it's always the Joker. Same goes for Arkham Origins. Granted, different developer, different writing team. Um, but leading into it, you thought the, the main bad guy was going to be the Black Mask. But again, they did a switcheroo and it turned out to be the Joker again. Which, you know, again, like Bioshock 2, people have a uh, are sort of down on Arkham Origins. But... Honestly, it's still a pretty fun game. Not The combat isn't as tight and fluid as in Arkham City, but I forgave it because it's still, it's still a pretty quality game. Yeah. The only thing that makes me think that they, have, they won't bring him back is because Mark Hamill isn't back doing the voice, as right. far as we know. <laughs> right, but I think that um, his name escapes me now, but Troy Baker... I think Troy Baker did a, a, a very good job in Origins. I know you, you, we talked about this on a former, or not a former, on a past episode, that you didn't necessarily like Troy Baker as the Joker, but... I don't think he did a bad job. I just... I think you're, if you're so if used you're, to Hamill doing it. No, I think if you're going to get so close to that voice, like, just get him. Like, give him the extra money. Give him what he wants. <laughs> But what if, I think from what I understood, what he wanted was just to be done. Like, he's yeah. been doing that character for, like, 20 years. True. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just have a problem with him aping the style so much. Well, but, it, it, he's playing a character that has already been Listen, I, I understand it. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I don't like it. All right, I guess I can respect that. All right, sir, what is uh, your number... Two. My number two is uh, it's a little game. It's it's another sequel. It's called Red Dead Redemption. I rode in the gang. They left me to die after I'd been shot. You can't change, John. This is America, where a lying, cheating degenerate can prosper. It's you or me. The way I see it, might as well be you. Red Dead Redemption, coming May 18th. Rated M for Mature. The little game called Red Dead Redemption. Cowboys, man. Cowboy games. There aren't enough of them. 
a Western will never work in a video game. All right. It, it's been tried before. <laughs> it's never worked. It's not going to happen. Dude, Red Dead Revolver was good. And I thought that was as good as we were going to get. And then Red Dead Redemption came out and blew my mind. Your mind was blown. Yes, it was amazing. It's okay. There's going to be spoilers here in this description, but there's been spoilers this whole time. Exactly. So we're going to have to probably put a little disclaimer spoilers, motherfuckers. <laughs> there you go. Halfway through the episode, you said spoilers, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the writing in this game is amazing. Um, the gun, the gu- gunplay is probably the best in than in any game. Um, the best that Rockstar has done. That's for sure. That's for sure. But I mean, I can't think of any game where it's more fun to shoot at things than with than in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the uh, character of John Marsden is really compelling. Um, the whole storyline is great, where he's working with the government so that. He's a former outlaw trying to make a new name for himself so his family can, you know, make a name for themselves. And then at the end of the game, he sacrifices himself for his family and earns his Red Dead Redemption. Oh, I see what they did there. Yeah, exactly. But they've also got, like, little kind of hints throughout the game that that's what's going to happen and all sorts of fun little things. And it's just... As far as open world games go, I don't know if there are any better ones. Like, because the hunting and uh, collecting was kind of uh, Assassin's Creed 3 kind of picked up on some of that. And yeah. it wasn't nearly as good. Um, it, it felt like you kind of needed to do some of the stuff in Red Dead Redemption as opposed to in some games where it just feels like that stuff has been added on. It felt like it was worthwhile and integral to the story right and um also the multiplayer was an unexpected treat yeah i remember the you me and slater sort of uh riding just from one end of the country to the other and um (laughs) i can remember uh Andy getting off his horse, and I walked up to it. I'm like, hey, Andy, are you done with your horse? <laughs> and he said, uh, yeah. And then I shot it in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> yes. That multiplayer was so good. Like, you could just ride around and just free towns from bandits, or you could do the little mini games they got. I really wish that the multiplayer had been b- a bigger part. I wish they had right. done more multiplayer stuff more and i really liked the idea that like we had a little posse like Mm -hmm. we and like you had a leader whenever you had a group you had a leader that like would choose where to go so it was like the leader of the posse and then you'd ride around and it was it was super fun i hope that there's another western that rockstar comes out with i i think now that um you know, Grand Theft Auto Five came out, and they did put that added emphasis on, like, they're expanding on the multiplayer even more. Um, I'm I haven't gotten into it at all, but now and now they're releasing sort of a next gen version. They're bringing it to Xbox One and uh, PlayStation Four, and I think PC. Then after that, though, I I feel like they're sort of stalling for time. 
And I think the rumor going around is they're either going to co- announce a new Red Dead game because they 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 have said that that is going to be a permanent franchise for them. Oh, that's so awesome! There, so there's more coming. Um, so it's either going to be that or they're finally going to do a Bully Two, which I don't know if you ever played Bully. I never did. Uh, is it it's that another good? good? Yeah, it's another good game. I I have it. Um, I can let you borrow that one too, if if i decide i like you enough <laughs> um but yeah so i i think maybe not it probably neither of them whatever it's going to be will probably come out next year but i'm sure we'll either hear an announcement of one either b- by the end of this year or sometime you know during early next, next year yeah if not at uh, e3 next year um i would say it's probably coming that's awesome because th- there needs to be more cowboy games there just needs to be good ones you think too. like yeah i don't understand why it's been so hard to to make one because it's all about guys just carrying around it's about a time in american history where it was okay to just carry a gun and granted i guess it sort of is now with the whole conceal and carry thing but besides that people could just carry around a gun with them like in the open and people shot each other in the open yeah, and, and like it was the Wild West. How, how that that seems like an era that was created specifically for video games. And right? They haven't. They haven't seemed to be. Well, this is the first game to ever, I think, get it down. So yeah, I think I think Red Dead Revolver did a good job. I think uh, Red Dead Redemption nailed it. Yes, perfected it maybe. But yeah, like so that. I'm I'm excited to, to hear that news. Thank you for that. No, you're welcome, sir. All right. Well, let's move on then to your penultimate pick of the week. All right. It is uh, none other than Fallout 3. Hey, Jimmy. Are you tired of bullies pushing you around? Boy, am I. What if you could get rid of them forever? Jeez, mister. You see, Jimmy... Our government has bullies, too. Wow, really? That's right. Which is why we've developed some whiz-bang new weapons, so bullies around the world never bother us again. Huh, I think I get it. Well, Jimmy, maybe you should just see for yourself. Boy, thanks, mister. Careful there, sport. The Batman Tactical Nuclear Catapult. Enlist now and demo one today. Three. Now this bucks yes. the trend of the uh, of the, of people, the second people saying ones. New Vegas should be the, is the better of the two. I I don't I I know Andy Slater has we've argued this back and forth all the time. He says New Vegas is the better game because the story is so much better. But I don't know. I disagree. It, maybe it's just a matter of personal opinion. Maybe the mechanics in New Vegas are better than a three. I just know I had a better time playing through Fallout Three than I did Fallout New Vegas. Um, that might have been because Obsidian, who created Fallout New Vegas, was a little bit more st- strict with sort of the mechanics and the leveling and sort of like in Fallout 3, no matter where you went, the bad guys always leveled to you. So there sure. was 
technically no place you could go where you'd be under leveled. Um, that's not how Fallout New Vegas happened. Like you, if you went to the wrong area of the game, you could become face to face with like the strongest enemy that you could find, like a death claw, like, and you would get just destroyed. And I wasn't used to that from Fallout three. I could just go wherever I wanted to go on the map and I'd be good to go wherever that was. And I tried to do that in new Vegas. I had such a hard time getting into that game because like instinct was just, Hey, pick a direction (laughs) and go and see what you find. And every time I did that, I would just get murdered relentlessly over and over and over again so and like they didn't even care that you were being murdered no like just throw me a bone man (laughs) and another thing this is just sort of just a little little tiny critique that kind of sort of bugged me in fallout 3 every time you leveled up you got like a cool new perk like something to add to your character like uh, your character doesn't uh, get radiation from taking from drinking water anymore like your character is now this much better at using small firearms and it was like every single level in new vegas it was every other level you got a perk Mm, yeah i don't like that yeah it just seemed you know it wasn't just as fun i don't know um and as far as andy saying that he thought the story was better i disagree like they were both i feel they were both kind of substandard like in the third in the third game like you were trying to sort of clean um, a mass body of water so everyone could have clean water. Um, Important, but not like edge of your seat or anything. Sure. Um, And in uh, New Vegas, you were trying to secure a dam, like I think the Hoover Dam, so you could... You know, give everyone free electricity. I don't know, maybe not free electricity, sure. but you know what I mean. So Access. they're basically, yeah. So they're kind of the same thing. And the only thing that New Vegas did that three didn't was you could choose like four different fact. Well, technically three different factions, so you could go into business for yourself. Okay. Yeah. So you know that was sort of a unique angle, but I didn't really think that that was worthwhile at all. Um, I, yeah, anyway, I just had a better time playing Fallout 3. I don't know. Do you think that's important? Do you think it's important that games are fun? I think it is important that yeah, games are fun. Yeah, I think it is yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are all caught up and be like, yeah, sure, it's fun, but what does it say about um, society? It doesn't <laughs> say anything. What does Mario say about society? Nothing. Oh, it says that Italian plumbers will save the world. Oh, well, that that is true. Um, and also, yeah. if your girlfriend keeps getting captured over and over again, um, you know, maybe it's time to bring the authorities in on this. Yeah. Call the police. Unless it's like, you know, there aren't like Mario is the be all end all as far as like justice. I think you might concerned. be. Think about every other uh, humanoid creature in that world. They're all like a foot high and yeah. with mushrooms for heads. So, you know. He's kind of backed into a corner on that one, I guess. They are kind of just like the freaks in that world, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, how is Princess, uh, well, the princess or Princess, princess Peach? Toadstool? <laughs> yeah, Princess Toadstool. How is she human when uh, everyone else isn't? But maybe those, mush- maybe those mushrooms are just hats. So now Princess Peach is also princess, her name Pr- Princess Peach Toadstool? I would. I think so. What is Daisy? I think 
Daisy is a toadstool too? So they're sisters and they're kind of getting with brothers? Kayla does not think Daisy is related to Princess Peach, but she really doesn't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's been defined she in does, Mario. She does wear okay. a yellow dress, though. So That's true. We, we can agree one that is, she's a brunette and wears a yellow yeah. dress. Yeah, one's blonde and one's brunette, so they're probably not related. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Fallout 3, I like the openness of it. Um, the, the weapons were all cool and unique. And, oh, I especially liked um, the VAT system where you sort of froze everybody and then you aimed at what specific body part you wanted to shoot. Personally, I always went for the head. <laughs> um but there was other reasons to shoot other places, I guess. But gotcha. just just go for the head and you'll be fine. That's always just good advice, especially in a zombie apocalypse. Right. All right, does that bring us to our, to my number one? Yeah, I think it's time for number one. All right. Well my number one is gonna be controversial, I think. Because the internet may explode when they hear me say this, but my number one is Mass Effect 3. Two million dead in the first day. Another seven million by the end of the first week. Every defense annihilated. All our forces on the run. Regrouping somewhere. Reports are coming in from other major cities. It's a well-coordinated attack. And so far it's been damned effective. Don't know what they are, what they want, or where they came from. Only one thing is certain. If Shepard doesn't bring help soon, there won't be an Earth left to save. What? Yeah, it's uh, I really loved this game, man. I I felt like oh, no, no, I mean, because like you think about it, like the number three was like the the payoff for the first two. It was like you got to see what happened with the people in the first game and in the second game. You got to see what happened to all of that, and then you know it brings you in and you get this big ultimate uh, finish at the end. And I know a lot of people hated the end, but I yeah, thought it was good. The end was crap. That's why. Well, no, I mean, it's like, you know, the whole game is about morality choices, right? Like, you spend your whole game making choice after choice. So why wouldn't the final part of the game be one big morality choice? Like, it makes sense to me, you know? Uh, yeah, but they said from the very beginning that your choices are going to matter. And then at the end, your choices didn't matter. Like, you just... Like, yeah, you had one big choice that you made, but everything you've been, all the choices you were making from that moment didn't lead anywhere. It just kind of cut you off on, like, when you went up to the ship or whatever. Or what? Sure. I, I forget. Like, you go, yeah, go red, back to the red, citadel. Red, blue, or green. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You pick the color, and, like, that's it. And they had to go in, and they tried to change it a little bit, but, you know... I don't know. Like, yeah, the the gameplay is fun, but I feel just the ending just kind of ruins not only Mass like the journey through Mass Effect three, but it retroactively ruins Mass Effect two, the first one. It even ruins Dragon Age for me, quite frankly, because <laughs> you know I'm going to go way back to the Knights of the Old Republic. It just screws up anything Bioware 
touches and it wow. just yeah like i don't All know right. quick side note i heard that knights of the old republic is no longer canon in the star wars universe what yeah. oh yeah i think disney went and said all of these video games that you say are canon no yeah i think they so. i think they even nixed all of the books too i i they, i think they went through and like decided which ones were and weren't okay so and they decided knights of the old republic were not but but that's honestly knights of knights of the old republic being canon is kind of iffy anyway because doesn't it take like place thousands and thousands and thousands of years before the the movies so by the time the movies even started like nobody would even remember them anyway yeah it's just was a the the what happened in in that game a blip in history and nobody gives a crap anymore yeah but no they they can't even just let it be that no it just never happened it did not happen yes still a great game though oh yeah and so is mass effect 3 no yeah like even even if i were to agree with the ending not being good i feel like the gameplay is so fun and the multiplayer this is maybe my favorite multiplayer of all video games in a long long time it's just so much fun to like have a cooperative multiplayer where you're going through and just killing aliens together what's better than that all right i'll give you that the multiplayer is fun because i played that with with you and Andy quite a bit and on occasion Mr. Pay um yes it was very solid uh, gameplay experience and it was fun to actually play with your friends instead of always being like a com- I, I'm not f- one for competitive multiplayer like I I hate it mostly because I'm always awful at it because people like Call of Duty who like Call of Duty um put a lot of time into it so then when i try and and they've been playing call of duty multiplayer since like call of duty 2 so if i now come into uh modern warfare 3 and jump in and think i'm gonna have a good time like you got these assholes who've been playing it for (laughs) the last seven years yeah i mean it's not as bad as halo where halo the learning curve is so steep where you've got to invest 50 hours before you even can stay alive whereas i Call of Duty is a little bit more forgiving, a little bit. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I would even say that because I've played both. Um, I played, I think the last Call of Duty multiplayer I played was World at War. I think it was the, the, well, it was the one with the second zombies. Was that Black Ops? Yeah. Yeah, so Black Black Ops was the last one I played. And I would just get destroyed in co-op. Like I would respawn and I would die in seconds. And and I played the multiplayer in Halo Reach, and I would actually do fairly well. It wasn't great, but I could actually get a few kills, and I wouldn't die automatically. See, I was the opposite. I would get really? destroyed in Halo in all the Halos, but then in uh, Call of Duty, I can I can almost hold my own. <laughs> I'm not I'm not always the worst guy on the team. <laughs> I guess. All right. We could try playing that again sometime, I guess. Hey, see if I see just if because I don't get sick of it. We don't we don't have to play every game together. We could. I th- no, I think we do. We do. We have to. I think we're on a podcast <laughs> together. I think we have to play every game together. Oh shit! You're right. I think I forgot about that rule. <laughs> or else, or else we get bullet cancer. Oh fuck! Bullet cancer. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, all right. yeah. I all I right. realize so that your, you may have what, been upset about this. 
What's your real number three now? You're yeah. like, you like you? You kind of that was my number one. Trolled every, Oh yeah, what's your real number one? Because you kind of trolled everybody saying this math Mass Effect three crap. Now no, like what, what? That's it, man. That, that's it. You're gonna you're gonna stick. I'm giving you an out. No, I'm like, sticking. You with... can choose an actual good game. You know what? If you wanted to. Screw you, man. Okay, this is my choice. I picked the game that I had the most fun playing in this generation. Uh, I thought it was the it had great writing. The only the only problem I had with the story was that it uh, shortchanged the relationships in the second game. But other than that, I thought it was a really well done game, and it was a good culmination of the whole story. So screw you. That's my number one. Now, what's your number one? All right, I'm just going to say that I have to uh, significantly, significantly question the longevity of this podcast if I have <laughs> to work with you in the future. I think you'll get over it. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. I haven't been able to get over that crappy ending, so we'll see if I get over this. All right. Well, what's your number one then? All right, so my number one, unlike your number one, was from start to finish just an amazing accomplishment in 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 the in the industry in the the medium i i can't i can barely get the words out just how like from start to finish one of the most fun games ever played and that is mass effect 3 fucking trickster <laughs> i gotcha it is a great game people who spout that bullshit of about the ending being crappy um can just go to hell quite frankly because <laughs> just get over even 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 if i agreed with you by this point in my life i hope i could have moved on <laughs> and i actually know a guy who who has said he will never play a BioLife, not a BioLife. Bioware. How, how he will never play a BioWare game ever again because he feel like he was betrayed by the ending of Mass Effect 3. And to that I say, boo fucking who, <laughs> Like, grow up. And like, and everyone's like, well, they said from, you know, the first game, like, your choices matter. And then the third game, your choices don't matter at the end of the game. It's like, no, your choices matter because you know what? In every mission, in every area, in every planet you go to, you meet, you interact with different people. The situations are a little different depending on how you played the other games. I went to save the one of the last female Krogan, and I had Morden there. If Morden had died in Mass Effect 2, Morden wouldn't have been there. If Morden, ha- if I didn't save uh, the research on the Krogan from... Um, Mass Effect 2, that situation would have been different too. Like, there's different little things that would be different depending on how you play the other games and how I look at it, and I think everyone else should look at it. Whereas all of your decisions, yeah, sure, they don't immediately like um, have any effect on how the the the, the finale of um, the climax of Mass Effect 3, because that's impossible. All the little decisions that you make throughout the series cannot possibly alter the final uh, moments of the game. It just, it, it's just impossible to think that it, it ever could. Um, but 
if you think of Mass Effect 3 as a whole is an ending to Mass Effect, the trilogy, then it does. Because like I said, all of your decisions that you make throughout you know, the first two games alter uh, the missions that you play through in the third game. Like from Legion to Liara to um, Tali to Garrus, who is probably the best video game character of all time. One of the, if not the. Yes, he is awesome. <laughs> and, and and you put that all, if you just set all of the decision making aside, the gunplay in that game is just some of the most fun I've ever experienced. Like I played through as a sniper character. Um and I put like the best sniper rifle you can get on him and I blew through insanity, like the hardest difficulty. It was actually easier to get through it on insanity <laughs> than it was in normal. Um like if you remember when you go to um sort of that uh, uh what's Liara's race again? The Well, whatever. You know, when you go to sort of that... The um, squid heads. Yeah, the squid heads. <laughs> um, when you have to start facing uh, their um, sort of mutated versions. Yeah. You know, the ones that shriek the... What are they called? The banshees? Uh, the banshees, yeah. There's different moments of the game where you take where you have to fight two or three of them at a time. On normal... Asari. I, yeah, the Asari. There you go. When you go to that like weird chapel that they send the Asari to... At the end of it, you have to fight, like, two uh, Banshees at a time. And on normal, I had to redo that, like, five or six times. On Insanity, with the, like, like Widow widow or Widowmaker? Sniper Rifle. Yeah, something like that. One of the Sniper Rifles. I blew through it, like, first time through, like, because you can kill one of those Banshees in, like, three or four hits with one of those things. Headshots, of course, because like I said, you always go for the head. Right. Yeah. But it is a fun game. The choices do matter. People need to get over it and play more Bioware games because they know what they're doing. Damn right. Yeah. Thank you, Blake, for agreeing with me. Even though you scared me and made me think that I was being an idiot. No. Not this time. Well, that was uh, that was a good high five. I, I feel I feel happy with that. It's a good comeback episode. I think so. Um, we should probably We're warn back, people. Baby. Yeah, we sh- we might not be back every week, but eventually we'll get there. So bear with us for these first couple weeks back, but we'll get back to our weekly schedule eventually. <laughs> eventually, no promises. Soon if Blake finds like a better job. Yeah, I have two jobs right now, people, and get off his nuts. A lot of times I work both of those in the same day, so it doesn't leave me with a lot of free time. And I got to find time to write. And I usually maybe get one article a week, which is nowhere near as much as I should write. And I have a fiance that I love spending time with and we're getting married. And so I got shit to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to do all that same stuff, except for I only got one job. But I also got to commute to it, which is three hours of driving a day. And I've got a baby. Yeah, so he's he's not as worse off as me. No, no, I'm worse off than you. 
Oh, okay. because I also have to edit. Oh yeah, you do have to edit this. So I don't make it easy. No. I don't mean, you guys don't hear it, but I usually screw up at least twenty times. <laughs> at but, least. Anyway, um, there are a couple of things we should mention before we go. Uh, one, we should give big shout outs, big high fives, if you will, to uh, the Nash cast. Oh, who, yes. Those guys have been like interested and like wondering when we're coming back. And like, they do keep, they talk about us? They talk about us on Twitter. And so definitely go check them out. Those guys are friends of ours. Uh, I, I feel comfortable saying they're friends. Um, they'll probably get offended by that. But you know what? I'm kind of offended that you call me your friend. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so definitely check them out. Um, I was just a, a guest on the That Man on Fat Man podcast on episode 25, and it was super fun, and we talked about Mass Effect in it. So it's worth checking out if you like this podcast. Uh, if you only like That Man on Fat Man, it may be the worst episode because I was on it. <laughs> but I warned them. I I feel like uh, they kind of knew that going into it. So <laughs> they've got That's no good. letting me on your podcast is your own fault at this point. I think. But uh, it was it was fun to talking to that guy. Um, and then the last uh, group of guys that they keep shouting us out on Twitter is uh, the History of Misunderstanding podcast. So. Make sure to check out those guys because they've been good to us even though we've been gone for so long. Right. And now so. we're back. Yeah. Oh, and... Uh, so you can begin be your lives again. <laughs> and I would be remiss if I do not remind people to go check out geekparty.com. Um, if you're, especially if you're into video games and also they just kind of uh, put a comics section live. So if you like comic books... Uh, we'll have uh, they have some opinions and whatnot of that up online as well. So feel free to hop in. Um, it's kind of I don't really want to get into the ideology of the website, but it's sort of a different take on sort of your standard video game website. Whereas uh, kind of quick articles you can get through in just a couple minutes, uh, depending on how quickly you read, I guess. <laughs> um, and hopefully I will ha I was working on one right before we started tonight, actually, about the uh, next WWE wrestling game, WWE 2K14, and about how they don't, how marketing is so weird for them. Like, the game comes out in two months, and they've only released one screenshot, whereas other games sort of have a teaser trailer, a cinematic trailer, a gameplay trailer... Uh, an, a library worth of screenshots and commercials and crazy. It's yeah. It's just my thought on how it's it's a little different. So yeah. look for that. Hopefully up in a couple days. You know, realistically, by the time this goes up, maybe that's live as well. If anyway. if it is live, you'll get a link directly to that article. If it's yeah. not live yet, you're just going to get a link straight to the page. There you go. So. And speaking of Mass Effect, I thought I had a very good Mass Effect article, uh, Mass Effect kind of Bioware article a couple weeks back. So you should, I may be a little biased, but you should hop on and look for that as well. All right. Oh, I'm sure everybody will. <laughs> I hope so. All right. Well, then, until next week, 
I'm Eric. I'm Blake, right? Wait, yeah, you, yeah, that I'm. No, Eric, were you that, Blake? No, 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 I, no, no. You had it right. You had it right. Yeah, you're okay, Eric. yeah. Okay, so un, un, until next time, I'm Eric. And I'm Blake. And you've just been high fived. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. can't hear you which is great i guess i don't know not great isn't good it's like sarcastic i get you yeah because now she can hear my side of the conversation but has no idea what you're saying unless she learned how to read lips kayla can you read lips (laughs) what is he saying kayla can you read lips she can. <laughs> That's awesome. That's impressive. All right. All righty, Roo.